and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I am Zach Clark, the Dirtle Magnus, and with me as always is Nathan Gullia. Hi, Zach. How's it going? It's going It's going pretty good. It's going pretty good this week. Yeah, I mean, uh, any uh, public service announcements for the people? Yeah, whatever you do, don't buy a box of Conspiracy. If you need cards from Conspiracy, they're so cheap right now, it's worth it to just spend the $200 and get your get what you need from that set and move on. Uh, I opened a box... Last week, uh, or, or yeah, like this week end, and uh, I, I spent a hundred dollars on the box, and I pulled a berserk, which and is the only thing of value in that in there. Uh, you know, here and there some cards, but like I think I'm getting like another twenty dollars off of shipping the rest of the bulk on Puka Trade. So uh, overall, pretty lackluster open, but. You know that's that didn't seem too far off from what uh what is very likely to happen if you buy a box. Yeah, it's something to keep in mind with uh, you know all these master sets and reprint opportunities that are coming out. To it's exciting and you know you want to get your hands on the cards that are being reprinted. But yeah, it's always fun to play the foil lottery too. You know, like, yeah, that's that's a thing. But uh, if you're smart and you're not like me, you will save your money and you will just purchase uh, the cards you want. I did end up. Not buying a second box and just taking that money and buying four show and tells for a total of eighty dollars, which is insane. That show and tells it is a place at eighty dollar card now. I mean, there was a period where that was a single show and tell. Yeah, on you eighty dollars. Um, yeah, I opened seven packs of conspiracy uh, in the sort of happy accident uh, that happened last night. So we've got our small uh, legacy community here in Utah that we're trying to grow. And, you know, some weeks are better than others. So last week was our local. We had six players. And honestly, I prefer six to seven because at least we all get to play all three rounds. Yeah. But we're sort of goofing off because we're like, okay, what are we going to do for the prize support? And the guy behind the counter was like, you know what? Screw it. Everyone gets their their pity pack and then the other six packs just go to the winner. Cool. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, I'm going to end up with a pile of packs. Like this will be like the one time I spike a tournament. And uh, guess what? That happened. <laughs> I decided to play Jund uh, last night because I really I haven't played Red in so long. Like I haven't just like played Red in maybe since February since we went to Star City, Philadelphia. Okay, yeah. And I just really wanted to like lightning bolt stuff, and I just like acquired a set of Tarmogoyfs uh, finally, um, and so I decided to play Jund, and it was awesome. Like I, I just like. First of all, I, I I had favorable matchups, and I sort of knew that because that's just sort of how the meta is here. I played against Rug Delver, D- Death and Taxes, and Food Chain. Yeah, um, all those seem like decks that you can beat. Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, three rounds, I won six games. All the six, and every game that I won, I cast Kolagon's Command, and every time it was just Blowout City. It's just like amazing that I know this card has made waves in Standard and Modern. But it's really good in Legacy. Like, it's insane. Well, you're like, what? Uh, against Rug Delver, you're making them discard and killing their uh, their Delver. Yeah, or like regrowing a Bloodbraid Elf oh, that they lightning bolted. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that was, that was, like, on your turn, like, on your end step, like, just, you know, I'm going to make you discard and, and bring back a Bloodbraid Elf, you know. Yeah, it insane. seems like if you can get into the game against Rug Delver, it's really hard for them to overcome your just overwhelming amount of advantage that you're that you're presenting. 
Yeah, um, we'll get to Rug Delaware situation in a second because I want to get your take on it since you played the deck so much. But just quickly, like, yeah, like against DNT, like kill a Revoker, destroy a Sword of Fire and Ice, pretty good. Sure, why um, not? And against Food Chain, like uh, Thought Seize You, Liliana, Kolagon's Command, it, like guide his cards your hand and like kill his Deathrite Shaman. Like it was just so brutal. So anyway, that's my that's my tip for the week: play Kolagon's Command, play Grixis, play Jun. I mean, the card is so good. Um, I played Phyrexian Arena in my deck, too, which was awesome. Ooh. Like, In fact, so, you know, my seven conspiracy packs... I opened a my, Phyrexian Arena. Yeah, so did I. <laughs> <laughs> I got a Phyrexian Arena and a Burning Wish out of my seven packs. So, yeah, kids, don't buy conspiracy packs. Zach, I played against Rug Delver last night, and uh, he had a Volcanic Island and a Delver in play, and I had uh, two lands. Okay. I was my third turn, and I was just, like, sitting pretty at this point. I kind of, like, you know, he was stuck on one land. I had a wasteland. So I waste his Volcanic Island, and he responds with Brainstorm, and then dazes the Brainstorm. By just to Pope save his Pope. land, huh? To save his land. I have been thinking about this ever since. I, I, I can't imagine pulling the trigger on that. It seems like you're letting them have a him to Torak. Yeah, what do you it's, think? it's not it's it's not great. Obviously, it's it's a situation you'd rather not be in as a as a days player. Period. Um, a similar thing happened to me over the over the weekend. I was uh, testing against uh, Eric Higby, uh, and I let him my Rug Delver deck, and I was playing Infect, uh, and I only had one land in play, uh, and I really needed it, and he wasted my land, and so I brainstormed and dazed my brainstorm to keep my land just so I could next turn throw my land back down and combo kill him. So it seems like it's a little e easier of a play to pull the trigger on if you're playing uh, a deck like Infect. But I've, I've done it before in Rug, and it's not, it, like I said, it's not the greatest feeling in the world, but you can't not have land, right? Like, if you don't have any land, it doesn't matter how many cards you have in your hand, they're worthless. It's just the fact that Brainstorm is the card being dazed here. Like, is there really, like, the calculation just that it's better to just to give up the Brainstorm than to hope that there's a land in the top three? Um, like, cause yeah, it's, a, it's the same net effect. It, it is, um, but the deck only has so many Valks. Um, so you you need to make sure that not only are you getting a land, you're either getting a fetch, you're getting a non tropical island wasteland, right? Like if yeah. you if you brainstorm for three and you don't see any fetch lands, and you see a, like a trop and a waste and something else, it's as good for you if you needed that Vulk as nothing. Yeah. So I mean, if he yeah, had a handful I, of bolts or something like that, he might have wanted to keep keep the um, Vulk. It might not have been the right play because the deck only runs like five to seven like red spells yeah i mean i was just i was talking about it, he's like oh yeah i would make that play all the time like even against my deck with him to torak in it like yeah i mean it's, I, it's questionable at, at best i i don't think that it's a play you always want to make but it's it's an option yeah i'm not trying to run this guy down i'm just thinking the strategy is so interesting i mean we've been we've, we've talked a little bit about um this grixis delver variant that has four thought scours but only and two volcanic islands, and just like you know, what happens if you lose your volcanic island? You know, you've only got two of them. 
if the one gets wasted and you mill past one of them, then you're just like off all your red spells. Yep. So yeah, it's it's a it's a scary proposition. Dot scour is always a card that like so, something like that can happen. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. I was I would, I've been playing days a lot, you know, this year, um, and uh, I've never thought of that as an option to save lands when they're being wastelanded. Now, um, I tend to play like a twenty land days deck. Yeah, a little bit bigger, so it's a little different. But uh, something for me to—I was just thinking, like in situations I've been in, I was wondering if I should have done that sometimes rather than get wasted to death. But the bummer anyway, is, is you almost never had that extra land to pay for the days. Yeah, you know? if you That's... do, it's like, oh, this is no big deal. I'll just pay the mana and save my land. I just traded my my days for your wasteland. Great, you know. Right. Yeah. Um... I wish I could I could say there was more, but like you said, Rug Delver is a uh, against John is just brutal. I mean, he did win a game. He won the second game because he was on the play, and I had and I drew like five lands. Not the same game that you wasted his. <laughs> not the same though. game. No, no, of course no. That not. was the first game. Yeah, yeah. He eventually had no permanence because he did that, and I was like, okay, decay your Delver pass, and then that was pretty much it of the game. Anyway, yeah, it's, it's too it's too hard to come back from. Yeah, I mean, it was great though. I was like. We were having a ball because we were playing like this old time matchup, you know, from a yeah, couple years ago. Yeah, it's definitely like it's a nemesis match for sure. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, what else uh, should we should we go into this week? You bought four show and tells. I did. I bought. I just pulled the trigger and bought four show and tells. I wanted to have them for Reanimator, and and that's actually that Greg Mitchell deck that you showed me last week looked pretty interesting. The the Miracle of Science deck. I I think I might try that actually. Um, cause you only need, you only need, like, what, uh, two, uh, Ancient Tombs and, uh, City of Traders? I could get a City of Traders. Yeah, or you could play three Ancient Tombs. Yeah, or, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> or I could play a, uh, Crystal Vein. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he, he got to fourth place at, uh, you know, at a pretty big tournament and then ran it back at a 30-man and went three and one, so... I mean, it's not something that I really want to run into ever, so that means it's probably good. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm interested in trying something something a little uh, funky out. Uh, maybe not the next big tournament I go to, but but in in uh, local events, it'd be kind of it'd be rad to try something that people aren't ready for. Yeah, I mean, this uh, the Omni Sneak deck uh, that uh, I've mentioned a couple times as just being as like a thing to watch out for. Um, it was it a it was a third place to Legacy IQ, and I just think that uh, you know. Show and tell. I don't know if it's bad against miracles or bad against Eldrazi or whatever the problem's been for it, but it's so hard to beat. Like wanting to prepare for it just puts you on the end of your seat. Yeah, I mean both those decks um, have have some game against it in the form of uh, Caracas if if they're playing that that version of the deck. Um, so the, there's a little bit of game there, and uh, and being able to uh, play uh, play hate out of the Miracles board is, is a thing, too. I can see how it could be hard for Miracles to, uh, uh, for that deck to beat, uh, beat Miracles. Yeah. Um, I mean, Omniscience is just super busted. I guess that's what it comes down to, yeah. right? I get that thing in play with, like, what, what's in the rest of your deck it doesn't matter. You're going to see all of it. At the, yeah. um, at the uh, SEG event last week, Dylan played against that deck, and um, he plays Tesserator, and they cast Show and Tell. Of course, they revealed Om- Omniscience, and uh, he revealed Trinisphere. Oh, that's pretty sweet. <laughs> he was like, and we'll continue playing Magic the Gathering. Right. Yeah. There was like, the guy at the Eternal Championship or Legacy Championship who revealed Nether Void. 
to the guy's show and tell. <laughs> guy, and he puts an omniscience in. Then he picks up another void. He reads it. They reads omniscience. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's always great when you get them. It, it does make you wonder, like, um, if if this deck, if these decks start to come back, if decks that have sort of natural predators to omniscience will rise again. It's too bad you can't put planeswalkers in off show and tell, or maybe it's better. For it the is. Deck. I mean, <laughs> the thing is, is like it, it makes show and tell a little bit better because obviously, like throwing a Jace down against it would be pretty awesome. Yeah. Oh, here's your Emrakul back in your hand. Now I've got a Jace on the board. Yeah. You know? uh, it would be the ultimate snub. And if they did try and reprint Show and Tell in some manner, uh, you know, like re- you know, rework the card. I mean, they should just call it permanent, right? And then and then it's a little more balanced. Eureka um, lets you put in permanence. Yeah, Eureka does. But I mean, so, who's casting Eureka? Sometimes people do drop a Nickel Volos, but very rarely. Anyway, uh, yeah, there's some cool stuff going on. I mean, there wasn't a there wasn't a big legacy tournament this week, other than this one IQ. So, at least not that I saw. Um, so we've got a, uh, there were some announcements today though. There's going to be a new plane. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm on Ket. Thank you for saying it so I didn't have yeah, yeah. to. <laughs> so this is like the, um, Egyptian, uh, plane, Egyptian style plane that Nicol Bolas runs. Um, yeah. Which is pretty cool. Nicol Bolas, uh, not, not a lot of people know this, uh, was the emperor during, uh, during Legends. He was... Uh, he was the guy who got stabbed by Umazawa's Jite, uh, creating like some sort of mortal wound and then throwing him into the the, the void by like Tetsuo Umazawa. A uh, little bit of weirdo Vorthos information out to throw out there. But I, I'm always a, a big fan of when they pull pull back to like sort of the original Magic the Gathering story. Yeah, when I started again, it was right when New Phyrexia came out. And I just was like, oh, nothing's changed. Like, here's Karn, here's the Phyrexians. And I didn't quite realize how much everything had changed, story-wise. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, I think it's, uh, yeah, it's great when they have Nicole Bolas back. Um, Kaladesh, um, which is obviously coming out next, and we'll have some spoilers next week. Um, you know, we know that's going to have sort of a blue-red focus. Like, that's basically what uh, all the uh, sort of teaser has, uh, has indicated, and I mean, anything with, like, a focus on blue is definitely going to be legacy relevant, at least in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, of course. If, if there's if there's one good blue card in this set, it's going gonna, it's gonna to mess around with somebody's deck in legacy for sure, right? Yep. Um, and, and it seems like there, there'll be, like, a little bit of a blue-red kind of synergy thing going on, which is awesome. I'm, I'm a, I have the world's most beat-up Scalding Tarns, so I'm all about <laughs> that. Yeah, like I was saying, like it's it was. I felt like I, I wanted to play red so badly because I hadn't in so long. And then I went into my like you know little box and like I have so few red cards that are you know really relevant. You know, like I've got a couple sets of bolts and I've got a set of young pyromancers and like various artifact destroyers and a couple blood moons. And you look at that and you look at like my my stack of black cards. Yeah, it's just, of like huge. Yeah, it's the exact opposite for me. It's like. The green and the black cards are little tiny piles. The the blue and the red cards are gigantic. Yeah. Um, I, I have a prediction to make about this set. Uh-huh. Um, this set is going to make Affinity playable in Legacy. Like a tier 2, tier 1, 5 deck. Yeah, I mean, uh, that there's a good chance that that could be the case. I mean, there's going to be artifact focus. Um, Affinity's 
not terrible. I mean, I've played against it and sometimes just lose. Yeah, you know? I mean, the last time I played against Affinity in Legacy, I was playing uh, Treasure Cruise. So that is they, exactly. I think this was the same tournament. <laughs> no, this was um, this was uh, Orlando. It was on the side of the, oh, okay. at GP Orlando. I was uh, at the time I was playing with uh, Helm of Obedience in my sideboard. Yeah, and uh, the person that I was playing against, she had a she had a Stoneforge package in her deck, and I saw white mana, so of course I sat it in my Helm of Obedience so that I wouldn't die to the rest in peace. And, uh, of course, she never played Rust in Peace, but, uh, I forget what happened, but basically I had gotten blood, I think I got Blood Mooned out of the game, and so mm -hmm. I kept playing, and I drew, uh, my helm, and I had plenty of land out, so I drew the helm, activated the helm for one, and I ended up getting her Stoneforge Mystic, and putting it on, uh, and, and I had a one of Jitte in my deck, so I got the Jitte and put that into play. <laughs> and ended up beating her because she couldn't deal with my Umazawa's Jitte in play. It's funny because you could have gotten an Ornithopter. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty much. Do you imagine? Yeah. It would have been terrible. But I was just like, whatever, Like I'm going to die to this attack if I don't do this. And I did not die to that attack. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, pretty excited about these next couple sets. I, I, I don't know, it's probably just part of it is nostalgia with uh, the Nicole Bolas and Desert set. We've been joking around about whether or not they'll print Library of Alexandria. I would like it's... to see them try something in that design space, like maybe uh, draw a card if you're hellbent for like, you know, yeah. like a land that taps for colorless mana and then like needs like one colorless to do that instead of like Seagate, Seagate Wreckage is, is close to that, I guess. So something a little more constructed, playable in other, in other formats, or like I don't know, some sort of artifact sacrifice outlet that is playable in Legacy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you know, Duretti, that the new Duretti is is an interesting plant. You know, to put out this that artifact centric card right before uh, Kaladesh. Yeah, um, and we'll see what happens on Amon Cat. <laughs> I'm just so worried I'm going to murder these set names. Um, but, uh, you know, I think recently, I mean, after kind of a low point, uh, like Theros was just kind of bad for Legacy, and Khans was pretty good, except they had to ban all the cards that were really good. Yeah. you got to worry uh, about sets like this that are like Theros, where they're like bottom-up style development, that mm -hmm. they're just not going to pay attention to a lot of things. And, like, in Theros's case really screw it up um, because I was all about the the like Greek mythology like I grew up you know loving Greek mythology and when and when yeah. the set came out I was just like this is a massive disappointment um, for you know for playability wise it was cool like yeah the flavor is nice and everything but like at the end of the day the flavor is not selling magic cards right um, Theros uh, I mean they just everything was so expensive and just that just automatically you know, took it out of legacy contention. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, uh, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, the battle for Zendikar block was not super overpowered, but didn't give us an entire new deck yeah. in legacy and, the and shadows and Eldritch moon have just given us a decent amount of role players. Conspiracy's done the same. So, yeah. I mean, I think maybe vintage, you know, you got to watch out for any artifact based, uh, set, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, it's, it's only going to help, decks like uh, workshops yeah or even the, like the blue artifact decks I mean we talked talked about affinity and legacy and that 
plays Tezzeret. And, yeah. You know, there's there's two Tezzerets. I've played the other Tezzeret in Modern uh, when they unbanned uh, Sword of the Meek. And, uh, you know, tutoring for an artifact is super powerful. <laughs> yeah, you make it... T- you, that's, the, that's the worry I have, too, is that the design space there for, like, powerful, low-cost artifacts is hampered slightly by the ability to get them out pretty reliably. With Tezzeret the Seeker? Yeah, with Tezzeret, yeah. I yeah. mean, it's a five-mana tutor, so let's be honest. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, and it has to be something four or less. Otherwise, it's really just a five-mana. Well, I guess four would, would wipe them out anyway, yeah. so three or less. But, hey, I mean, let's see. I think it'll be cool. Um, there's going to be a Modern Masters next year. It does turn out. I might have said on this podcast that I pulled the trigger on Tarmogoyce because I didn't think there was going to be a Modern Masters. So we can all laugh at me. What <laughs> do you think the chances are of Damnation being reprinted? Oh, I mean, it's got to be over 90%, right? I mean, <laughs> at this point, there's no place else to put it, and I think that they've heard the cries loud and clear. You think they couldn't put it in, like, Amonkhet? Uh, I mean, that would be sick. Right? Like, <laughs> it would come way down. Yeah, the bummer of that would be that it would... It would branch the format for standard completely, right? Like, it just becomes more like black control decks. If you ever put out a, a, a board wipe that that reliable and potent, it just like skews the format in that direction. Yeah, I, I think that's that's definitely right. I mean, that's what they that's what happened with Thoughtseize and Mutavault. So, yeah. I mean, um, even look at like you know look at uh, go all the way back to Return to Ravnica. It was a it was a uh, Sphinx's Rev uh, Supreme Verdict format for the most part you know yep. those those cards uh, made made the um, made the format basically have to be played around them um, mm-hmm. because one they were the same color but you had that impossible to get around board wipe that was you know it was a huge problem I mean, my, my feeling about Damnation specifically is that a Modern Masters set lets them print things that they can't put in their like marquee sets because they have the word damnation in the name yeah <laughs> or uh you know they have you know there's an anti-regeneration clause and so like when i think there's new modern masters well i mean they won't print dark desk because it's banned in modern unless they unban it i mean they could do that um they have unbanned bitter blossom and and so many other cards and uh you know they haven't made an impact but you know you have you have so few options to print you have so few outlets to print some of these cards um with Dark Depths, it was like, when are you going to print a Legendary Snowland? With Damnation, it's like, you don't want eight-year-olds casting Damnation. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Might not, be, might not be great for your image. So, um, I think, I mean, Modern Masters isn't Eternal Masters, but hopefully we get some, some more legacy-playable uh, reprints that can, that can help out. Yeah, I mean, Cards this one's like, going to be based on, like, Innistrad and Return to Ravnica, so I'm not particularly excited for it, mostly because I have all those cards. But I'm sure you're going to get Dark Confidant and Tarmogoyf reprinted again, which would be nice. Liliana the Veil and Snapcaster are yeah. the big ones, I and think, And they were just show. kind of reprinted in the form of RPTQ prizes, so it's not like they're super hard to get a hold of. Um, and Snapcaster's gone down in, in price recently, I believe. It was a $100 card for, like, the longest time. Now, uh, I want to say it's down... Yeah, it's down, like, $55. It's not that yeah. bad anymore. But it was it was insanely o- overpriced for a while, and, and I feel like that the RPDQ stuff eased it a bit. 
Uh, Cavern of Souls, another one that's yeah, Cavern way would out be great. I would very much like to have have four. You know, I have four caverns, but I really have I have five caverns. But Paul Cox has four of them, and <laughs> getting them from him is like pulling teeth. So it'd be nice to have one that I can uh, a set that I can use as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, the thing is, you know, if they print Ether Vial, which has been in a Modern Masters before, and they print Cavern of Souls, which has been, uh, which is like this is first reprint eligible uh, set, um, you know, and you have like a DNT deck that's been reprinted in its entirety in two Masters sets in a row, and, you know, boosted by a conspiracy set in the middle. Yeah. So, um, you know, just something to look out for. I will was, say I'm, I'm happy that there's sort of been like a, a recent quantitative easing so to speak, of uh, prices in, in Modern and in, yeah. and in Legacy, for that matter. You know, they've, they've done a pretty good job being like, okay, like, we know that you guys need these cards, and everybody is complaining that they can't get their hands on them. Here you go, we'll throw you a bone. Here's an Inquisition of Kozlak. Here's a show-and-tell, you know. Berserk. Uh, <laughs> Berserk, perfect example. Um, so it's nice to see that they're, they got their head in the, right, in the right place, it seems like, as far as reprints are concerned. Even if I really didn't like you know, my op- my box open. I now have a box of conspiracy that if I want to draft conspiracy with my friends, I can you know make fake packs and do that. Make fake packs, but the cards yeah, are pretty worthless otherwise. I think you know I would have said a couple of years ago that they're just not serious about reprints at all, and I mean they're proving me wrong. I got to I got to give credit where credit is due. I mean we're gonna have a master set every year. We've got conspiracy, which is putting big reprints out there. There's a commander set to come this year. Um, yeah, I'm, so. I'm super excited for the commander set. I, I, you know, like that's always big because there's always one or two cards that's really good for legacy. Mixes things up a bit. Yep, definitely true. Anything else we should touch on? Um, no, I think I think that might be it for this week, man. All right, so uh, we'll we'll tune in next week again and uh, talk about some more legacy stuff and have some Kaladesh previews. Awesome, thanks, Nate. Thanks, Jack. Have a good day. Have a good one. Remember that you're best spare and neutered. You can log in if you do it.com and try and win.